The Drive at 5. The story is driving today's headlines. Brought to you by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes, demand the yellow van on 100.1 FM and AM 1020. KDKA. What do we know? What have we learned? What's the latest on those stories? We've got them all lined up and ready to go in today's Drive at 5 on the final day of March. It is eight minutes past five o'clock. I'm Rick Dayton. Former President Donald Trump facing about 30 document-related fraud charges in New York City connected to hush money he allegedly paid to cover up affairs. At least that's according to a couple of sources telling NBC News regarding his indictment that came down Thursday. The exact charges are not known because the indictment has not been unsealed. Trump is campaigning to reclaim the presidency in 2024. He is expected to appear in court for his arraignment on Tuesday. The case is one of just three criminal probes into Trump, who during his single term in office also earned the distinction of being the only U.S. president to be impeached twice. Trump faces federal and state investigations into his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Federal special counsel also has been looking into his role in documents with classified markings being found at his Florida home and private club. They also are looking into Joe Biden in terms of what happened there and former Vice President Mike Pence. The New York City case centers around more than a quarter of a million dollars paid ahead of the 2016 election to two women to remain quiet about affairs he allegedly had with them, which prosecutors are expected to say Trump tried to illegally hide. Before arresting a U.S. reporter, Russia lost a bunch of spies who were unmasked by Western governments. Before it arrested a Wall Street Journal reporter Thursday, Russia had suffered a string of embarrassing setbacks to foreign intelligence operations. Hundreds of suspected Russian spies had either been expelled or charged with espionage by Western countries. Poland arrested nine Russians this month alone, accusing them of plotting possible sabotage of rail routes carrying Western Western military aid to Ukraine. Just last week, U.S. authorities unmasked an alleged Russian spy posing as a Brazilian graduate student at Johns Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies. Prosecutors say he tried to land a job at the International Criminal Court in The Hague. Sweden, Norway, Germany, they all say they've uncovered and disrupted attempted Russian spying in recent months months. Officials in Greece say that they told news outlets the owner of a knitting shop in Athens was actually another suspected Russian spy. And the head of Britain's intelligence service says roughly half of the Russian spies working under diplomatic cover in Europe were expelled within six months of the invasion of Ukraine back in February 2022. The FBI and CIA have helped allied countries arrest an unusually number, a large number, excuse me, of Russian spies since the war started, according to senior U.S. counterintelligence officials. Senator John Fetterman, Senator Bob Casey, Senator Sherrod Brown, uh, the first two from Pennsylvania, the last from Ohio, introducing a bill that would further expand rail safety requirements in the wake of the East Palestine, Ohio derailment. It is called the Railway Accountability Act in it, which is Fetterman's first piece of legislation. They aim to build on a slew of rail safety overhauls, including in a bipartisan bill introduced later, uh, excuse me, earlier in the month. Fetterman's bill would bolster train inspection requirements and direct the Federal Railroad Administration to study the cause of wheel derailments and offer regulatory solutions. 
Pennsylvania and Ohio communities are still grappling with the aftermath of last month's Norfolk Southern train derailment, which caused toxic chemicals to leak into the air and the water. Fetterman said the newly unveiled bill makes clear that senators are doing everything we can to prevent the disaster like this from happening again, end quote. As for that East Palestine incident and numerous train derailments following it, it sparked outrage in Washington. But so far, lawmakers have yet to agree on a solution. We do know the federal government is filing a lawsuit against the railroad owner Norfolk Southern regarding that situation in East Palestine. The U.S. Department of Justice says it's seeking to hold the company accountable for, quote, unlawfully polluting the nation's waterways and to ensure it pays the full cost of environmental cleanup. It asked for the fines under the Clean Water Act and for a judgment to hold the railroad accountable for the past as well as future costs. The derailment in early February led to the evacuation of about 2,500 residents of East Palestine when responders intentionally had to burn toxic chemicals in some of the derailed cars to prevent what they said would be an uncontrolled explosion. Chemicals from the derailed cars and firefighting foam seeped into creeks and rivers near the village, with some eventually ending up in the Ohio River. Speaking of Ohio, residents in the Buckeye State now say that as they're trying to take Norfolk Southern up on its offers to reimburse their evacuation and relocation costs, nearly a dozen say they found that process confusing burdensome. Several say they have expenses that the company has declined to pay. In the wake of the disaster, February 3rd, Norfolk Southern has offered residents a growing list of reimbursement options for the cost of their evacuations and other inconveniences. All 11 residents interviewed for the article say they've received sums from the company but are nonetheless frustrated by what they see as an opaque system that left them pleading with representatives to get the money they believe they are owed. They said the process was which followed the turmoil of fleeing their homes, watching their property values crash, and in some cases dealing with health issues like rashes and coughs. They said that certainly has deepened the mistrust of Norfolk Southern. Twitter is beginning to remove check marks from verified users who refuse to pay for the platform's subscription service. One of the biggest changes to the company's core product since Elon Musk took over. That change, which Musk says will take place Saturday, is expected to remove the platform's only public indicator of an account's legitimacy. It is a change that many security experts are not welcoming. Legacy verified accounts, as Musk has called them, have a blue check mark next to their name. Starting in 2009, the check mark was Twitter's way of saying that it had confirmed those accounts for celebrities, journalists, political figures, and brands were not being run by impersonators. The company has long struggled with some users' perception that a blue check mark was an endorsement and the implication that users who weren't verified were less important. And finally, the Vatican with news about Pope Francis says that he'll leave the hospital tomorrow. He's battling bronchitis, they say. The Vatican spokesperson, Matteo Brune, giving the update in a written statement today saying that he will be headed back to the Vatican to celebrate at St. Peter's Square, the Palm Sunday Mass this weekend. The 86-year-old was hospitalized in Rome where doctors said the pontiff was receiving antibiotics through an IV in order to treat bronchitis. And that is today's Drive at Five. Those are the stories driving headlines on this, the 31st day of March. The Drive at Five, the stories driving today's headlines. Brought to you by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes, demand the yellow van on 100.1 FM and AM 1020. KDKA.